Welcome to another PowerCast where you get keys to the power of God. The routine, as you know it, we always start off with prayer, so let's pray. Father, we want your will done, not our will. We're thankful that we can know your will. We thank you that you've expressed your will to us. We thank you, Father, that you've called us to walk in relationship with you, and we can achieve that, and you showed us how to do it. So, Father, even in this time we have, I pray, Father, that everyone is enriched with the words of wisdom that come from your word, that everything that you want to come across in this podcast, that they're able to receive it, Father, and put it to use and see the action and the importance of having it in their lives. I thank you, Father. Only you can do those things because you know everybody and you know how everyone learns and you know how to get information to everyone and you know how to make everyone better. And I appreciate you for this. We thank you, Father, as we talk about the dangers of not following you, that you will make it very clear what adjustments we need to make. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So today we're talking about the dangers of not following God. And that is along this line of following God. So the main subject of these podcast series, these PowerCast series, is are following God. And today we're talking about the dangers of not following God, the reasons and the results. So we're going to discuss hindrances to following God, why we don't follow God and the dangers that come from not following God. And this is somewhat of a part two of the the hindrances of why we don't follow God and what are some reasons why we don't. And those are under an umbrella of following God, this whole series that we're doing. And this is part four. Hopefully we can wrap it up in the next one, but you can just reverse all of the bad things that we're going to talk about today. And then you have the benefits of following God, but we're going to get into that uh, a little bit later on. So most of all, I want you to remember that throughout this message, making a decision to live without God or not following God will open the door of opportunity to every bad and sad thing that could happen in life to happen. Again, making a decision to live without God or not following God consistently will open the door of opportunity for every bad thing, every sad thing, that could happen in life and cause it to happen or make an opportunity for it to happen. Now, however, making a decision to follow God would give you the best possible outcome that could happen in your life to happen forever, uh, including living forever, starting now and stretching into eternity, living in a blessed way forever in peace and in comfort and in rejoicing and reward. Now, I'm going to start off just reviewing some of the things that we went over last time and uh, just in case you miss it you'll want to go back and see that because there was a lot more detail than I'm going to go into today but these are some reasons that people are or or they're hindered from following God now I won't have time to cover every reason this is already part four in each one of these sessions or you know, 30 to 40 minutes, sometimes more. uh, But I will cover the ones that seem to affect the most people, the reasons that I've run into, at least, for people not following God. So one of the things that stops us from following God is other people, right? Other people in our lives can stop us from fulfilling what God wants us to fulfill, from hearing from God, from walking with God, 
And sometimes it's just because they're on a different path than we are, right? If someone's walking to the right and I'm trying to go to the left, but they're holding on to me or carrying me, or maybe I'm just in conversation with them, right? And I just don't want to end the conversation yet. I may be walking from my destination, but it's because of this othering us from following God the way that we should. So, of course, you want to look at who it is in your life that may be the cause of that. Uh, is it intentional? right? Are they trying to stop you from following God? Or is it just they're not following God? Maybe you need to follow God and bring them with you, right? Maybe they're looking for answers. That's one of the reasons we don't follow God. And one thing is the influence of other people. Now, one of the reasons that we don't follow God, and I went over last time uh, in a little bit of detail, was that we're taught wrong. So some of the things that we're taught about God or about following God or about if we should or shouldn't or the dangers of it, that can lead us to not follow God, of course, right? Someone saying that, hey, the Bible will make you crazy. Well, that's not going to help you follow God, is it? Especially if you don't know for yourself if it is or if it will. Now, the next part of uh, that I went into was they won't let God be God, right? They want to, They won't let God be the one to dictate in their life. They don't want God to influence their life, so they're in rebellion. And some of that is because they want to have say-so over their own lives. This is even happening many times with people who say they follow God. A lot of times you'll see someone saying, I follow God, but only when it's comfortable, only when I feel like it, only when it makes me happy. Uh, but then, you know, if it comes down to what I really want and this is about to make me uncomfortable, I'm not doing that. All right? Instead of finding out, how we can do what God wants us to do. Sometimes we're trying to find out how we can just skate by and as if we can sneak into heaven or <laughs> sneak into God's best on earth. That's just not going to happen. I mean, the Bible says when you're a hearer of the word, not a doer of the word, you actually are deceiving yourself. I believe that's James 1 and 23. Let me verify that. It might be 25. Yeah, seeing it is actually James one twenty two through 25, the whole section deals with, if a man be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he will not be blessed, and he deceives himself. He's like a man looking at himself in the mirror, and then walking away and forgetting what type of person he was. So looking at yourself in the mirror is hearing the word, remembering what you're supposed to do, and going out and living it is doing the word. Now, Let's go on to the next part. The last, One of the things that we went over last time was also people don't think through their worldview. Again, people don't think through their worldview. Sometimes people will just say, well, if there's suffering, God doesn't exist. Or since I haven't met God, God doesn't exist. Or that guy's smart and he said God doesn't exist, so God doesn't exist. That's going back to other people influencing us. Of course, the problem with this is you haven't thought anything beyond what you heard or what you figured out in a couple moments in your mind where there has been a lot of scholarly research from well-qualified people that might be able to give you a different point of view who've actually researched this, right? You didn't pick up a Bible to conclude that, right? You didn't pick up any type of articles to conclude that. You haven't done any really real research on your own. So that is not thinking through your worldview. Uh, also, many times you'll see that 
if you just think about what you're actually saying, sometimes when you're saying that, you know, there's no such thing as truth, that would have to be true for there to be no such thing as truth. Or to say that there is no purpose to life, but then try to say, well, I can define my own purpose. Or every day you're getting up to try to establish some kind of purpose. You're getting up for some kind of purpose. Some of the great thinkers of the past, whether they were atheist, agnostic, or or faithful to God, they have thought these things through in greater detail. So, and you'll see the conclusion many times is nihilism. So they'll just conclude that everything is pointless. Everything is meaningless without, if there is no God, but they still weren't convinced that there was a God. And that goes into a whole different type of conversation that would take quite a while. But there's been much discussion on these things and just to off the wall think something or just be influenced into it. Well, everything is relative. So that works for you, but it doesn't work for me. Well, is that a relative statement? Right. So some of these things have not been thought through. There's been no real research. No one's really done their homework on their own. And sometimes we really just live life like that. And that's scary, right? We say, well, you know, I'm not a faith person, but we're living on faith all the time. You, you, you don't know what someone else's intentions are or what someone may have put in your food when you go out. You have no idea, right? So we are living on the basis of trust in this world. We really have no choice unless you're going to uh, live on the outskirts. But even how you learn to do things, you have to trust other people. And sometimes it's trial and error as well. Some of these things, people don't think through their worldview, rebellion, they're taught wrong, they won't let God be God. These are reasons that many people don't follow God. Now, here's another one, the influence of someone in our lives. So if they're saying something, and, and this is not just the same thing as when we were talking about other people influencing our lives, this is the influence of someone that may have access to our life. So if we're listening to, for instance, someone who is a specialist on whatever, it could be anything, music or relationships, whatever. They give us sometimes bad advice in a category they're not skilled in, but because they are skilled in something that we are amazed at their talents in, we will take this other thing they're saying as if that is as weighty as the thing that they are skilled in. For instance, let's say Jack Smith, right? Just making up a name randomly. If you're out there, Jack Smith, ignore this. I'm not saying this is you, but let's say this individual, this imaginary individual, Jack Smith, he is one of the greatest professional actors of all time. He's done movies. His movies are really influential. He makes everybody cry when they go see him. It seems like it's second nature. Every time he gets on stage, he just blows people away. He's got 20 Oscars, so on. So let's say that this individual now, maybe he's getting ready to retire. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's still in the height of his career. Now he's going to start giving you advice about parenting. He's not a parent, right? He knows nothing about it, but maybe someone asked him to speak on this because of his influence. So sometimes we'll say, well, Jack Smith said that I should feed my children only gummy bears or only candy because he said, actually, there's all these research, all this research that went into it. And he saw that it worked with his cousin and, and you have a lot, a better relationship with your children when you do. 
So sometimes because this person has influence as an actor or whatever, I'm just picking a, a genre, but sometimes they have influence in this one area and we just relate it to this other area that they're speaking on, but they really have absolutely no experience there. And we take that. So sometimes I'll see online that someone is speaking about God, but they're in a completely different field that has nothing to do with history or religion. So you'll have someone who uh, writes books, fictional books, and they're saying, well, I don't believe God exists because of this. Well, I'm sorry, but you're not qualified to speak on that except for your own personal experience. But most people aren't taking it that way. They're saying, wow, this guy's such a genius. He found the cure for this disease and he's a scientist. So, of course, he knows. But that's not necessarily true. Sometimes they'll even bring their worldview and don't even know they're speaking from their worldview where there's no God because there's absolutely no way that there's miracles or something like that. So we want to be careful of that. Another reason people don't follow God is that they want other people or things to be God instead of God. This is kind of different than they won't let God be God. They don't want them to have say so, but they want something. These individuals want something they can see or know. They don't want to wait on God, right? I tried the prayer thing. Oh yeah. How long did you pray? Oh, it was just that one day when I was really sad and I didn't wait for an answer. You're supposed to do that. You know, like they have no idea what, how this works, right? They haven't done any type of really real deep diving into the things of God. So sometimes we'll choose something else. We'll go to this person or that person, or we'll let Google tell us how I should live my life because Google's right there. It's fast. It's quick. It's easy. I got the experience of the, the masses, right? Which is dangerous in and of itself. But we need to wait on God. We need to learn to follow God so that we can have the results of people in the Bible. And the reason, see, God is, he's, he's awesome. The reason that the Bible's written like it is, is because he's tracking people who decided to follow God. And then these amazing results happened. And so since nobody's even trying to do it that way, let alone being successful, if they're trying then we just say, wow, that's impossible. Somebody lived 500 years, you're right. Someone was raised from the dead, you're right. Someone was bleeding for 12 years and they touched Jesus. Jesus didn't even try to do anything and they were healed, you're right. You're saying that the sun stood still, you're right. This person, you're saying that he was beaten and then he, they couldn't even follow him because they were so amazed by what was going on. And then he comes back from the dead and nobody helped him come back from the dead. And he went up to heaven. He's sitting on the right hand of God. Yeah, right. So people don't see the rewards of God because they're not following God. And they don't have any examples, unfortunately, in the earth. Many times of people following God to the extremes of the word of God. Right. The people we see in the Bible where Moses brings an entire nation across a sea with no boat, no cruise ship. Right. No plane, no helicopter. They walk through the sea. Now, God could have wrote that like, you know what? They took the long way. Let's just leave that out. Let's just say they made it away. Let's just say they escaped. But no, he wants you to know that when you follow God and you're the most meek person on earth, like Moses was, the miraculous can happen. 
When you trust God, the miraculous can happen. When you follow God, you will not get the results that everyone else gets. And that's important. And these are reasons why people don't follow God. Now, let's go right into the dangers of not following God. And this is a good segue. You miss out on his knowledge and his wisdom. See, if Moses, Moses can't get those people out of Egypt on his own. He tried that. He tried that. He tried to one by one. He was like, okay, this person's being wrong to this Israelite. And he saw someone mistreating an Israelite. And he came in, he, uh, there were two people, and he came and killed one of them. And then he had to flee because Pharaoh was not happy. That was Moses' knowledge and wisdom. Right? Then he ran away from his call. Now, he knew he was supposed to deliver the people. We find that out later. But because he doesn't have God's leading, he's not hearing what God has said about it. Though the call is on his life. He misses out on it. And if he didn't obey later, he still would have missed out because God's going to tell him how and he would miss out on God's knowledge, wisdom and power. Because the power was to convince Israel that this is the deliverer. So when they said, hey, how do we know this is really going to happen? Moses was supposed to turn the snake into a staff, show them the signs. And then he put his hand in his uh, coat and pulled it out and it was leprous. He pulled it in his garment and pulled it back out. It was leprous. He said, if they won't believe you for the first sign, they'll believe you for the second sign. So you miss out on that by not following God. Another danger of not following God, you miss out on his leadership and guidance. So God leading you on which way to go, not just his knowledge of how things work. Like, hey, don't do it that way. Do it this way. But also on his leadership and guidance of all right, I want you to take this path around. I want you to lead your family this way. You miss out on his plans for your life in just an individual sense. So there are so many laws given to Israel uh, during the Old Testament and in the New Testament, really, that they were supposed to follow. But we miss out on that. And a lot of it had to do with this is how you're healed. You'll be healed. You don't even need to come to me. If you just do this, you'll be healed. So you miss out on some of those things. Another thing you miss out on is you'll be in pride, which leads to shame and destruction. Now, I'm just going to take a moment to camp here, which might make this a little longer than I thought it was going to be, but that's all right. Not following God means following that which man thinks is best. Following, for instance, how can humans be affluent? Many times people don't believe because they say, well, you know, the thing we should be living for, because without God, what are you living for? And they'll say, well, human affluency. Well, that'll just result in pride because it's all about you. If a man is motivated mostly by his love for humanity and it is the foremost thing on his mind, that could result in you being prideful. Matter of fact, that somewhat is the definition of pride. You're not looking on your neighbor. You're looking on yourself. You're looking on mankind. You're definitely not looking on animals. That could result in a man lying for the good of humanity. That could result in a man corrupting evidence for the sake of humanity. And much of this, uh, C.S. Lewis points out in his uh, Mere Christianity. Now, however, following God, you may very well say, well, that could do the same thing. If I'm following God, I could end up lying or corrupting evidence. Well, at the surface glance, at the surface, one could see it that way. But when you look deeper at the word of God, you start to see that even though man is set at the highest order over beast, over fish, over rocks, over wind. 
that it does not always mean that his affluency is of the utmost priority to God. So I'll say it again. Though man is set at the highest order, at the highest level of importance, it does not mean that always that his betterment as far as for the sake of humanity, that that's what God's most important. That's what God thinks is most important. So we see where man is commanded to take care of his neighbor, even to the point where it leaves the man injured in some way, whether it's financially or mentally or maybe even physically. However, with human affluency, we're going to, hey, this is going to cost me too much. So I'm not really going to give because I'm in a tight spot. And you'll see that even with people giving to the poor. Right. Well, I'm poor, too. Whereas God doesn't say to do it that way. He said, even if you're poor, do what I say. Right. It's not about your affluency. Some many times it's about putting your neighbor higher than you. That's not all humans. That's your neighbor or this person who's poor. Now, this brings up another thing, which is an issue. When we say human affluency, which humans are we talking about? The nationality that we are or this other one, this culture or another, the social status of this one uh, social group or this other social status. What about humans that are against human affluency? Would they be discounted or disregarded? What about those who don't agree at all? And on an issue like the harm of children, do I really want them to be affluent or just affluent my way when they agree with my rules and my wants? Now, another thing is human affluency also makes no mention of how we treat animals or insects. It values, hum it values human life. Now, unless that animal is feeding me or making me happy or not bothering anyone, it doesn't matter what I do to it. And according to human affluency, that value is placed on mankind. As long as it doesn't break up the ecosystem, then we're good. The value is only placed on mankind. And this is why animals are hunted to extinction. And we waste so much food that is not necessary for the human diet or for humans to thrive or survive. And we just throw it away. There are whole animal kingdoms being killed just for one small part of their body or to make jewelry or for some other reason. Now, I'm no animal rights activist, though I do believe that there is a value to an organization that will protect from man's greed or covetousness. However, I do believe that it is painfully obvious that there is an issue here because of the desires of human affluency. Now, what about Israel? Certain people groups for a certain time like Israel, had a law that pertained to animals. Now, Israel in particular, what did they say? Now, we know that at the end of the law, it says that it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. So they had a law about sacrificing animals. However, long after, the animals that they were particularly told to sacrifice, they're still not endangered at all. Go to worldwildlife.org. Animals they were told to sacrifice, bulls, goats, doves, sheep. There's a list of endangered species on these lists or extinct species. Not one of them is mentioned. Not one of them. Israel also was very good at breeding animals. So they breeded the animals that they were to bring for sacrifice. And they got very good at it because God told them that their herds and flocks would multiply. So they would have more than enough even. In many parts of the scripture, it said they would. 
Now, this was also meant to be a reminder of sin. If these animals aren't dying, people are. And again, man is at the highest uh, level because they're made in the image of God. And God has the right at any time to take a life if he wants to. Now, we don't have the right at any time to take a life if we want to, but God does. There's some things that, though we're in the image of God, God still holds that's separate from us. But then we do have a lot of common traits or things that God is training us to be common in or similar in. Now, man is more valuable than animals, and God taught them to multiply the animals needed to sacrifice. Now, while animals may help feed people, it does not show that it means that we should treat them kind, except where it benefits mankind, according to human influency. So animals help feed people, but it doesn't by any means recommend that we have to be kind to them, right? We've seen videos of people mistreating cows that they're farming as they're getting ready for slaughter. People are kicking them, mistreating them, hitting them. However, biblically speaking, animals are under the rule of man. And as a good ruler, man would take care of all he has dominion over, maybe even to his own herd. He may consume the animal for his use, but that would be the same as sending a man out to battle, knowing many people will die. That's a necessary condition, or at least a sufficient one. We don't send animals out, we send people out to defend the country. God has commanded man to guard the earth. Also, there is much in the Bible about animals and their importance. God even says here in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10, A righteous man regards the life of his beast. But the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Deuteronomy 25 and 4 says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox when he treadeth out the corn. Don't starve your animals. Don't mistreat them. When God would warn kings about famine or some other catastrophe coming, many times he would give them a dream and show animals suffering or being malnourished. However, with human affluency, this is not so. <laughs> so, man is important, but how important? God can help us understand that. Also, human affluency means making the rich richer, and God's not interested in making the rich richer. He's interested in following him and following his set of established laws and regulations and his boundaries that you end up being blessed and blessed and blessed. And that may result in the rich being richer. Right. So that is that's not the main goal. That may be a sub goal or a sub, that may be an effect of following God that the rich may get richer, but for human affluency that is got to be in the forefront. If you want them to be affluent. Now we see where man's commanded to take care of his neighbor. And we can see this also because God will and can keep you unharmed when you give to others. He can return. Bible said that he who lends to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him. But even in the case of the Good Samaritan, it does, not, it does not seem to point out that when he decided to look after the man who had been beaten up and robbed by a group of thugs by giving him that when the Samaritan gave him a night stay at a hotel and rubbed oil and ointment into his wounds, that he was financially unharmed, right? Or socially unharmed. He, he was on his way somewhere. So it doesn't mention if the man was financially harmed or not. It does not seem to mention whether or not the Samaritan was heading somewhere important. No, it seems that even though he was not a Jew who had God's law, the Jews had God's law, they were known at that time as God's chosen people, that he still had the kindness, the love, and the selflessness in his heart 
that would have him look after someone who had been harmed, whom he didn't know. Before this, we see that there were two others who should have done the same, so much so that even their occupation was mentioned. One was a priest and the other was a Levite. Now, these are individuals who spend much time with the law of God and the service of God, but because of the stubbornness of their heart and their desire to look after themselves and not others like themselves, who were not like themselves, they did not offer any aid to the injured man. Now look at what God said to the Levites. Numbers chapter 16, verse 8 through 11 says, And Moses said unto Korah, Hear, I pray you, you sons of Levi. Seemeth it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel, to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he hath brought you near to him, and all your brethren, the sons of Levi with you, and seek ye the priesthood also? For which cause both you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron that you murmur against him? And I feel like that's somewhat the way we are today. God has selected us, chosen us, to be not only like him, but to be in a relationship with him and be rewarded by him. And sometimes we're still not content. We're murmuring. We don't want to do it God's way. We definitely don't want to do it that his way when it's uncomfortable to us. He has the power to help us to get through it and to do it. We're not even seeking him for that. We are so set in our ways. We would rather stay that way than to even get the power to change. And that's just yeah, not that great. So, uh, again, when we're looking only at human affluency and how we can be a benefit to ourselves only and not to God or not to others, we start to get very self-seeking and self-gratifying, which, of course, God is against. Now, this subject could go on for days, and there's so many different reasons as to why someone may not be following God and the dangers that go along with that. But, you know, Jesus said something about that here, and, of course, I'm going to just cover it, and we'll start again next time. It just says that wide is the way, and narrow, wide is the way to destruction. There's a wide way that leads to destruction. There's a whole lot of ways to fail, but it's a very narrow way to succeed and go into life. And there's few people that can find that way. So we'll take this further next time. I've done it again and I camped on something for a while. So we'll start and conclude at least this part about why people don't follow God and the dangers of not following God. One of those issues, one of those reasons is something else that we've been taught. Sometimes that's something like human affluency, which is not the best for everybody. Mm -hmm nor does it tell us why it should be why humans why not bugs or animals or just the earth itself so we'll talk about this a little bit more in detail next time till next time god be with you god keep you god bless you and walk with god and follow god